0: Welcome to the Year of Freedom on the Success Road Podcast. We realize that success is not a destination, it is a journey. As Rory Vaden quotes, success is never owned, it is only rented, and the rent is due every day. I revealed a couple episodes ago that this year is the year of freedom for me. We had Kamanzi Constable share some incredible tips on planning for freedom. A couple episodes ago, last episode, I shared some of the things that my wife and I are working on regarding financial freedom. In this episode, I'm going to share about my goals regarding career freedom. I'm working toward replacing my full-time job with my side business. I started this journey into self-employment back in 2010 with developing websites. I was working full-time, taking some classes at a local community college to improve my skills and working with a couple website clients. It was a very slow process, and along the way, I met and talked with several great people.
1: At, at the beginning, I, I really thought that we were going to be helping people um, just make those transitions.
0: This is and, Scott Barlow of Happen to Your and, Career,
1: and what I mean by that is actually with the technical detail of here's how you contact an employer, here's how you actually you know get your business started, here's how you you know here's how you actually go out and happen to it. And one of the things that I realized is that there's a whole bunch of uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen for people to be able to be willing and open to using that information, even if it's good information. And I was getting a lot of emails back saying, "Hey Scott, your information is really good, but I can't even think about that yet. I don't even know what it is that I want to do yet." And and I got the same email over and over again. Hey, I, you know, that's great, but I. I'm not even sure how to figure out what I want to do. So I kind of feel like I need to figure out what I want to do before even moving on to, you know, how I contact an employer and how I move to my dream job. And I don't even know what my dream job is. Or, you know, I don't even know what this business I want to start is. I got to figure that out first.
0: Scott worked to develop a free eight-day course to help people with this process. At the time, they called it the Work You Love One Stop. Scott was able to help people and to be able to answer some of the leading and lingering questions but he began receiving some of the same kind of feedback as before they wanted more
1: we were still getting the exact same emails saying hey you know i i love that you've got this course and this is exactly what i need i am not sure that i'm going to be able to find the time or half the time or you know whatever or i feel like i need more help i feel like i need you know higher level of support because i've got all these questions about uh, about the you know about the course and it's like oh Okay. Well, we should probably, you know, we should probably have a live version of this or a, you know, paid version of this or something like that and acknowledge that early on and then did nothing about it. <laughs> you know, it's like all these people are saying, "Hey, we would we would love to pay you for this." But yeah. you don't have anything. <laughs> and I don't, you know, the email course is nice, but I would love even more support and I'd love help from you and, you know, all all these other things. So, I ignored that for another 6 months. <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, but then, you know, then I finally woke up and said, Hey, okay, this is what people are asking for. This is the biggest problem that people have is they don't understand, you know, th- 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 they're in this place where they're stuck. They know that they don't want to be in the job that, uh, that they're in. They know that there's something more for them. They want to do work. That's not grading to them and like grading on them and going against the grain and, you know, just draining them on a daily basis. Instead, they want to be able to use their strengths. They want to be able to, you know, do something that's going to fit them, that matches their personality and what they want and how they, you know, how they can actually, um, you know, cultivate a life around uh, their work since, you, you know, you can't really separate the two. And, and, uh, you know, they, they want to be able to, to actually get more assistance in doing that. And so finally, um, you know, just recently, it's not been that long ago, you know, we, we created this um, this live class, which is actually also going to turn into. Um, we'll continue to offer the live class, but it's also going to turn into a another course as well that offers that higher level of support that people so badly want and in need to step them through literally every step of the way for that that type of transition and figuring out what they want because once you have that decision around what you want, it's so much more powerful. And then you can start to figure out you know, how I get from point A to point F. Um, and I can figure out B, C, D, E, and you know everything in between. But if I don't even know that I'm going to point F, I don't even know where that is, uh, then it's going to be awfully hard to get there. And I'm never going to be able to figure out the pathway, right? So first step is actually identifying where it is that I want to go.
0: In this interview that I did with Scott, which was about a year ago, he ended up flipping the table on me and asking me questions. Let
1: me ask you a couple Uh-oh. of questions. I know this is your podcast and you're supposed to interview me and everything <laughs> like that, but I'm a three-peat, so I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> I'm going I'm to dive in anyway. So I'm really curious then. You have been you've been dabbling in the um, uh, web space, online podcasting, and a whole bunch of stuff that surrounds that for several years now, right? Yes. OK, so, you know, when you when you look back, um, what are what are the things that you enjoyed the most out of out of all the things that you've done? Like, what's like two or three of the things, one or, or even one or two that jump to the top of your head and you're like, when I get to do that, whatever it is you know, that just that's that's awesome, regardless of whether you're being paid or not.
0: So Scott and I had a conversation about what I was working on and why I was doing it helping me to further clarify what I was doing. As I mentioned earlier, I had been working with website development. Through the process, I was introduced to blogging and podcasting. Eventually, the podcasting stuck out as a way that I could really help people and make some money. Just a few weeks before my conversation with Scott, I had been hired by another client to help with his podcast production. One of the keys that I had begun to nail down was that I really enjoyed the creation process. Whether that was with websites, blogging, or podcasting.
1: So that's that's interesting. So I think that you have to have that. Like clearly, I mean, we just went all the way around the horn. If if you are getting that excitement, as he called it, of being able to take a new project and, and create something and you know sort of create it out of the blue and out of your out of your head and the knowledge that you have and the you know what you know, that your customer wants and, and all those other things, then that's going to be completely different for you. And it's going to feel different. And it sounds like it already does. And you, you've you become aware of that, that, uh, if you don't have that, you're not going to have that level of excitement. So that, that, that's kind of how this process actually works. Like, and that's, and I know that you have, uh, you signed up for our, you know, eight day course. I think you signed up for our eight day course a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, So you probably saw even that, you know, that's, that's what this actually does is it guides you through this type of thing where you can start to connect the dots and then you can then build yourself a measuring stick uh, to evaluate different opportunities because that's what people struggle with the most is um, there's a billion things out there and people feel overwhelmed when they try and pare it down or they feel like, I don't even know how I'm going to find all of these options. I don't even know the options. Like how on earth am I going to choose? Right. Mm-hmm. And then that that's overwhelming too. So they don't do anything at all.
0: After the interview ended, Scott and I talked and he eventually hired me to help me with the editing of his podcast. Since then, my role with him and happened to your career has grown to where I am now the podcast manager handling most of the aspects of the podcast from beginning to end.
2: You know, my story is that back in, Uh, The days when I was in high school, I thought that the way that you made money, the only way to make money was you go to college and you pick a career and you get a job doing that career and you do that until
0: you retire. (laughs) This is Jeff Steinman, the author of How to Quit Working.
2: And uh, when I set out on that road, I went to college and I thought, okay, uh, this is really pretty boring. I can't get really excited about anything that they're trying to teach me here which made college a really rough road for me. So it ended up actually taking me about 13 years to get through college. But what I found was that I was really lucky because it was the late 1990s. And if you remember that time, you remember that uh, companies were so desperate for uh, technology programmers and whatnot that just about all you had to do was read a book on programming and you could uh, get a pretty good job programming.
0: So Jeff worked as a programmer for a number of years. Even though he had the entrepreneurial bug in him, he eventually took some of his experience with e-commerce with an intention to create a product for small businesses.
2: The thing about that idea that was so cool is that uh, nobody had done it. Nobody had really had that idea. Things like Google Marketplace and you know eBay and, and all that stuff was just in its infancy if it was around. So I actually... Uh, was really serious about this. I made an appointment uh, with my boss to resign and uh, pursue this, pursuit pursue this business full time. And it was on a Thursday morning at eight o'clock. And I remember uh, I got in there a little bit early and I sort of had my, my pad, uh, pad of paper and my resignation letter kind of stuck in there. And I went down to this office where we were going to be meeting and I sat down and he, my boss wasn't there yet, but a few minutes later he showed up and, you know, you could tell from the expression on his face and his body language, he was in a hurry. He just wanted to get this silly employee meeting out of the way and get back to whatever else he was dealing with. And enter that ugly enemy, fear. So he comes in and he sits down and he's kind of like, all right, Jeff, what's on your mind? And, uh, I remember kind of sitting there looking back at him with that, that knowing in my mind that this thing that I was really quite terrified to do, and in fact, I had been up the entire night the night before, just kind of pacing around, trying to get up the courage to, to make this, this shift. But uh, I was sort of sitting there, knowing that this was the moment, looking him in the eyes, and sort of with that impatient look that he had on his face, and uh, under the pressure, I just completely chickened out i um I just made up some silly reason why I'd asked for the meeting, and uh, went back to my desk, and that's when I really sort of accepted that this was going to be the way of my life. the The nine to five working for somebody else, limited upside. Not being able to choose my schedule or do what I really cared about was going to be my life. And then I would tell myself things to comfort myself like, well, you know, you can retire in like 45 years. (laughs) I was uh, probably my mid 20s at the time. And uh, well, so I I ended up going back and uh, I worked another uh, 10 years in that company and in various companies that it merged with and what have you until in uh, April of 2012, uh, I finally did resign.
0: So what was the difference between the first time and this time?
2: I actually took a completely different approach. It took me a while. It took me a lot of really stepping back and evaluating, well, what went so horribly wrong that first time and how do I need to deal with that differently? And I think a lot of people have Big dreams about leaving their job and starting a business, but a lot of things get in the way, things like the the worry of is this really going to work? am I really going to be able to do this is am I going to be able to pay the bills? What are my friends and family going to think and uh, ultimately, what uh, how to quit working is about is it 's about the difference between that first time that I tried to leave. Uh, my corporate job unsuccessfully and the second time when I finally did leave it successfully. And really, we pack everything into the book and as well as into all of our products and programs and our one-on-one coaching about making sure that we fill that gap and, and that we help uh, our clients with those things that cause them to struggle and keep them in a job and keep them from going out on their own and starting a business.
0: Jeff ended up creating a blueprint to help people figure out what they want in life. The Create Your Blueprint
2: step. What what it is, is it's all about figuring out what you want out of life. It's about figuring out uh, what do you want your life to look like? Do you want to travel a bunch? Do you want to have uh, a lot of time to spend with your kids? I see you've got a couple of kids uh, from looking at the picture on Skype here. And I know that a lot of people, that's really important. Their family time is really important to them. And for a lot of people, there's other things in addition to their family, or maybe they don't have families. Everybody has The thing that they want to be at the centerpiece of their life, and they want everything else to be arranged around that. Now, three-fourths of the time, it's family, but uh, it's not always family. But the the point is – Everybody has that central thing that they want to arrange their life around. And designing your blueprint is all about figuring out what that is and then really understanding what you want your days to look like, what you want your schedule to look like, what you want your wallet to look like, what you want your bank accounts to look like, so that when you design a business, you can design it to support that rather than compete with it, which is how many small businesses work. So the, the core of the philosophy is you got to get clear on what you want out of life. And that doesn't have to have a business plan wrapped around it. That has to uh, have what you want at, the, at its core. And that's why I made it step zero, because I, I, I feel like you shouldn't start building a business until you really understand that so that you can build a business in such a way that uh, you can have as much of that thing that you want and that's at the center of your life as
0: possible. This was a great help to me figure out what I want my life to look like, then use that to figure out the work that will help make that happen. Of course, it's not just what I want. I've been praying and seeking God's will and guidance in what He wants for me. With this as a guide, it helps me to see what things can help make these things happen. One big issue still gets in the way, fear.
2: Yeah, you know, the thing that I always like to tell folks is that you there's really... One thing that allows you to get over all of that fear and uncertainty about leaving your job and, and all that fear and uncertainty is quite rational because of what you've been told, right? Because you have maybe watched uh, uh, Shark Tank and you've seen the, the pitches on there and you've seen how those companies will either spectacularly succeed or they will spectacularly fail. And the thing that, that I tell folks is that entrepreneurship doesn't have to be a a, a giant uh, thing that is a big win or a big fail. And what I mean by that is that there's ways to start a business in a slower way that doesn't require you to take as much risk and doesn't require you to invest as much money and really lets you sort of uh, ease your way into it. And the thing that uh, that we take people through in the book, as well as all of our programs, is this process where what we really try to do is we try to get down to what is it. Now, and we, of course, base this on your lifestyle blueprint that you've already created. But we look at what is the value that the world is already looking at, looking to you for. Everybody in this world has something that the world and, and that's just the other people around them believe that is of value that they provide. And for some people, that's um, dating advice. Or for some people, that is uh, help with their art. For some people, that might be help with their business. For some people, it might be uh, help with cooking or whatever it it may be. Everybody has something that their friends and their family say, if I need help with that, I'm going to go talk to Paul. And that is where your business starts, and if you start it there and then you marry that with, okay, where do these people who are already looking to me for help, and uh, uh, where is an area where they struggle? Where, there, where is there an area where they need help of some sort? and it's not just your friends and family but we also expand that out and look at other people who are in similar situations obviously because it's got to go beyond your friends and family but because there's that's only a limited number but when we look at where is it that people already see value that you provide and where is it that they need help where those two uh uh things intersect is the what I like to call the hypothesis of your business and what that means is that's an area where uh, you might have an opportunity to, to uh, start a business and have some success because you're looking at where do people already look to me for value and where do they need help for, help in that area or that arena of their life. And where they intersect is, is where there's potentially a really great business for you. And then the next thing that you have to do is you have to go out and you have, to try, you have to learn a ton more about those people and what they need and what they want and why they want it. And then you have to begin to sell that product or service. And in, in the book and in our programs, we talk about really inexpensive ways to go out there and put things uh, out into the world and see if anybody is interested in them. And the great thing about the Internet is it lets us do that a lot more frequently and a lot more inexpensively than we ever could before but you know the important thing is that you're getting the idea out there and you're getting feedback and what happens is you you might go through that cycle a couple of times of coming up with a hypothesis putting it out there seeing if anybody's interested and then maybe they are maybe they aren't and the thing that you have to do is you have to, to, to change the way you think about it and no longer think about it as, oh, I tried this idea and nobody wanted it. That's a failure. But rather think about it in terms of a hypothesis and say, okay, I tried that hypothesis and it uh, proved to not be true. So what do I do next? I try something different. When a scientist uh, has a hypothesis, they don't get it. Uh, upset or frustrated if it turns out to not be true, they just know that that moved them a little bit closer to the truth. So once you have the results from that first hypothesis, and generally it's not going to be good the first time, but you go into the second one knowing a whole heck of a lot more about your potential customer and about where you might be able to help, so then you're much more successful the second time. The third time around, it still isn't going to be gangbusters, but you're really starting to get a much clearer idea of exactly what, in what area you can help. And when you've got that idea identified and proven, so you've got something out there and you have already had people say, yes, this is something that I want. That is a critical piece that you have to have in place before you quit your job. Now, I will never promise anyone that it is possible through any of our programs how to quit working or anything else that exists that this fantasy of i'm going to start a business and when it's making as much as i make in my job in other words i've doubled my income with a side business uh then i'll quit my job i I think that's a fantasy that a lot of people would like to think is true but is not something that happens very often in reality so uh The reality is everyone, as far as making the transition, everybody has to make their own decision about when the right time is for them based upon their own myriad of unique circumstances. But I do do coach clients to be sure that you get through to that point where you have identified and proven a business idea before you quit your job.
0: There have been several people and resources that have helped me. I've been able to interview many that have encouraged me and others in the pursuit of doing work they love. Dan Miller, John Acuff, John Lee Dumas, Chris Licurdo, and Pat Flynn are just a few of the ones that I've been able to speak with. I'll have links to these conversations in the show notes. But I'd like to share one more person in this episode.
3: I quit my day job. It was uh, uh, mid-August of 2014. This is Jim Woods. He was an accountant that left his career to become a full-time writer and author. And I just kept feeling drawn more and more to pursue uh, essentially just writing and coaching and really working for myself, having more space, having more freedom, which is something that I just could not avoid any longer. I kept uh, over the, of course, my entire story, I just kind of looked back and there is just so clear I was being pulled in that direction. And it was, sometimes it was really, really hard. Sometimes it was gradual behind the scenes, but I kept getting pulled in this direction, pulled in this direction. And I, uh, ironically, I landed a few freelance opportunities for writing, like right after I resigned from my other job, from my uh, job as a full-time accountant, a governmental accountant. So it was like the most steady job in the world. And uh, I went from that, you know, extreme to now I'm much more in the, I'm not sure how all this is going to pan out, how this is all going to, you know, work out. But in in retrospect, over the last eight months, it's been fantastic. And it, it really has worked out. It's just, I have to rely on my faith, you know, infinitely more. I have to uh, embrace risk. And I was just, paralyzed by risk and decision-making, you know, four or five years ago, that was like my biggest, I I wouldn't want to say flaw, but it was just my biggest struggle. Um, Making a quick decision, I would kind of consider, you know, all of the opportunities. And I was just so extremely conservative. And I would, you know, try to, you know, figure out all the possible scenarios, which is really impossible because in some ways you're, you know, you're fooling yourself into thinking that you're in control when you really overanalyze things. So I went from, you know, the world of, I'm making X number dollars, you know, salary every two weeks for my paycheck to now I really have to, you know, focus on what are the, the wants versus the needs, what really matters, what are my real priorities? And that's kind of where I am now, Josh. And it's, it's changed so much. I mean, I, I think we want to think that we have it all figured out, but in reality, we're just all on this path. And the question is, you know, which, how many steps are you taking? Where are you feeling drawn, you know, in your journey?
0: I've had several conversations with Jim via email, Facebook, and phone. We would bounce things off each other to help each other clarify what we were working on. One of the things that we both struggled with is having multiple passions, He's the one that introduced me to the term multipotentialite.
3: Yeah, that's that's the word that nobody can spell or pronounce, right? Um, yeah, I've I've experienced it, and this was like step one of my journey when I I went and saw uh, John Acuff speak uh, back in July two thousand eleven, and it was at the very first conference he did. It was called the Quitter Conference. And I was just a mess. I was frustrated. I was stressed. I was having all these health issues because I was like mid-nervous breakdown. And I was just sitting in this audience and listening to John talk. And he said, you know, what's your dream? Do you have a dream? And I'm kind of like, huh? This sounds really fuzzy. I don't get it. You know, I was just so overwhelmed. And the fact is, I think we all do have, you know, some form of dream. And I'm not going to say it's like, well, I just want to go be a writer or I just want to go be a teacher. I think that the, uh, I think we always have the opportunity to change. I think it's figuring out what it is that we enjoy doing. You know, what are your strengths? What are your like personality, um, personality traits that you have? And it's like, as it was just, it was such a shifting moment when I realized, look, I don't have to pick just one thing. For me, like I discovered that story is like the core, I call it the umbrella. Everything I do kind of falls under this umbrella or overarching theme of story. And once you figure that out, it's like, well, hey, does it fit under this or not? You know, if I want to go, you know, start a podcast, does it fit under my theme? Does it fit with what I want to do? Yes or no? And you can kind of really decide really quickly and the truth is josh i think most of us have a lot of different talents and hobbies and passions and picking just one is a great way to be miserable to say i'm just going to go do this one thing over here and that was even my own um my own story where i just yeah i have some interests in accounting but it's a very, you know, limited range of things that I really like to do with accounting. I like the fraud, you know, um, investigation aspect of it. I like figuring out what went wrong, but that's a really small little, you know, limited part. And I wasn't doing that in my my uh, past job. So it just wasn't a good fit. It didn't interest me as much as it should have. And it's it's all about just discovering, well, what fits you? what What interests you? And then these skills can be applied to a lot of different things. Um, I love playing the guitar. And one of the first stories I ever found was a story I've written about, you know, a little kid getting a guitar for his birthday. And that was like a key transition moment for me when I said, Whoa, am I a writer? What is this? Could I be a writer? And that was like my big, you know, hinge moment for me. And, I'm passionate about the guitar for a few years when I lived in Nashville, I thought I was going to be, you know, a full-time like guitars teacher and selling guitars and doing all that. I thought that's what I was meant to be. But the truth is that was like, it was a passion, but it transitioned into into a hobby and it's, and hobbies are very important. I mean, a hobby can be, you know, something that really fulfills you and completes you, but Um, there's just, there's so many different things we can do now, especially online where you continue to grow and experiment and try new things. So you don't have to just say, okay, well, I just do, you know, this one thing. So that, that, that was my, that was kind of a summary of my story where, you know, I think, uh, being a writer, I could easily transition, you know, in the next few years and just, you know, not be a writer. And that doesn't really scare me as much as it used to, because I was afraid to say I'm a writer because I thought that was my only identity. But no, that's just one thing I do. It's one thing I really enjoy right now. I could go, you know, just become a podcaster or, you know, go just become a, I don't know, a speaker. I don't know, (laughs) but, um, the opportunities are endless Josh. Um, and I just want to encourage anyone who feels stuck or overwhelmed that, a lot of this is kind of fear talking to you. And fear loves to lie to you and just say, you know, these big assumptions. Because um, fear was a driving force in my life for ages. And once you kind of sidestep the fear and and go do things that you're afraid to do, you start to see it doesn't really matter, you know, what fear is telling you. A lot of it might be have a hint of truth, but a lot of it's just you know, completely off the wall, crazy and not true as well.
0: Jim concluded the interview with a great tip.
3: I would say the biggest, uh, the biggest thing I've seen is you have to continually communicate with your spouse. You have to be open and honest with your spouse and just Continually tell them what's going on. Otherwise, it's like you're almost leading two different lives. Um, but continually, you know, talking with your spouse and just saying, look, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. This is how it's going. I held a lot of uh, my thoughts inside for a while. And I think that that just leads to stress buildup. If you're unhappy with your job, if you're unsatisfied with your life it all adds up in some way shape or form and for me i mean i just was i felt trapped in some ways in that i just i thought i was completely trapped because i was you know the the one providing income and my wife was a stay-at-home mom and uh, we had one one child at the time, and then we had another child. And of course, when that happened, I felt even more stressed because I thought, "Oh, whoa, I, this is even more, you know, um, responsibility." But a lot of this is mindset. If you you know bring your spouse on as a as an ally, as a you know a team member, as a as a partner, you you'll start to see you have support and. Your spouse wants you to be happy. They want you to, you know, be the best version of yourself. And a lot of this, there's a lot of money issues, you know, revolving around all of this. You don't want to, you know, go um, do something that your spouse doesn't support is what I'm trying to really get at. Um, But you just have to both be on the same page and continually communicating is the number one way to do that. And, You know, once you eventually do make the jump, because it's like this, you know, fire burning inside you, I think it's a bit surreal, um, at least for the first few months, because you're just trying to, you know, sort things out. You're not going to be as productive as you think you will be, because you're like recalibrating, reestablishing your life, your work. You know you have to get into good routines again um and i think that i think there's a big learning curve to it and i'm still you know right in the middle of it honestly i mean i'm i'm still right in the middle of this learning curve but it's fantastic it's exciting it's a whole lot more rewarding than i thought it would be But it's also really, really stressful. You don't just flip a switch and turn it off and turn it on. So I think that's the um, my warning, if you will, um, where you can easily become a workaholic, and you know taking breaks becomes pretty hard. Uh, And just especially if you're like me, I'm a writer. It's really hard for me to just sit and watch TV, or you know watch or read a book when you know, I'm also focused on it, well, hey, I need to keep growing my business. I need to, you know, focus on other other areas as well. So um, you know, have to give yourself some grace and, you know, just kind of accept that there is a learning curve. And um also I, I just would recommend getting some support, getting some coaches. I said coaches, plural. Yes, I have two coaches, (laughs) not to mention, um, you know, great friends that support me and give it input as well, and my spouse. So you really need a great team around you. Any successful, you know, self-employed person almost always has a team around them. And, you know, finding the right pieces to, you know, work with you is the other, you know, other, other very important component to it.
0: Thank you Jim for your help and advice. Thanks also to Jeff and Scott for their contributions as well. So, what are my career goals? As I mentioned, my goal is to build my side business enough so that we can be able to replace my full-time job. As I've seen growth over, over the I've seen growth over the past few months and I can see some great potential in the future. I just officially incorporated my hobby into a business, Podcast Guy Media LLC. I'll be opening a business bank account very soon as well. I'm also working on putting some systems and people in place that can help me be able to scale the business without loading, overloading my time as much. I won't go into the details now, but maybe I'll come back and share some of those things in, the, in a future episode. If you're looking for help in figuring out what work would fit you and would like some help, go check out Happen to Your Career. I mentioned that I may be on the team there, but... I highly recommend it, even if I wasn't on the team. I was recommending it before I started working with Scott. I wouldn't be so involved if I didn't really believe in what Scott was doing there. By the way, Scott has been living the things that he teaches and helps others with. For several years, he was building Happen to Your Career on the side of his full-time job. And then, just this last Thanksgiving, he was able to leave that job to be able to focus on HTYC full-time. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back next week to share some things about my health goals in an interview that will help you be able to hack your mind and create habits that stick. God bless.